When it comes to fear, you can either forget everything and run. I say, or you can face everything and rise. I believe. And let me tell you what I believe. I believe that. I believe we will face everything and rise. Hi everyone, this is Alicia Halliday, CSO of the Autism Science Foundation, and this is the Autism Science Foundation Weekly Science Podcast. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Today, let's talk about the COVID vaccine. COVID has been devastating for families, in many ways more so for families and individuals with ASD. That's been shown in the scientific literature, by the way, and we'll talk about that literature. It's not just my opinion. In late 2020, a vaccine was approved with emergency designation by the FDA. Three vaccines, actually, at different times. One manufactured by Pfizer, one with a similar mechanism of action by Moderna, and finally, a different one by J&J. The CDC is recommending that children older than 12 get vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine. Just last week, Moderna announced their studies that show it is safe in those 12 and up as well, so it might also get a designation. There is plenty of vaccine now to give. In fact, there actually aren't even enough takers for supply. Compare that to earlier this year when people were hustling on the internet to get vaccine appointments at five o'clock in the morning. Only about 30 to 50% of people are vaccinated depending on the state. Maine seems to be doing pretty well with Mississippi lagging behind. And a study in Florida linked vaccine uptake to political affiliation. About 30% of people said they were not interested in getting the vaccine, which means we'll probably never reach herd immunity. We will never be able to open up fully. We will never be able to stop wearing masks completely. This could impair our kids' ability to get back to a normal school experience and continue to destroy the economy even further. Now, safety of the vaccine is a huge issue, and it should be. There are more and more people getting vaccinated, and the more and more people get vaccinated, we're learning that the vaccine is safe. If you don't have a side effect by six weeks out, you won't. So the safety data on the millions of people who've gotten the vaccine so far is mounting more and more. I'm sure there are factors influencing vaccine hesitancy in the general population, and there are a lot of questions out there, including safety. But for the autism community, Are the issues different, similar, and why is it more important for the autism community to get vaccinated? First, I spoke with Pam Feliciano, PhD, who directs SPARC. SPARC is the largest nationwide study collecting information and biosamples from families with ASD, including adults. As part of their surveys, they asked people if they were planning on getting the vaccine, why or why not, and what were their concerns. She presented this data on our day of learning about a month ago, But I caught up with her again to get some more information from her. Dr. Feliciano, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about SPARC and how you use SPARC to understand COVID vaccinations during the pandemic? Sure. So SPARC is uh, a very large research study of autism. We have over 100,000 participants with autism spectrum disorder in our study. Um, The goals of SPARC are to accelerate clinical research and um, accelerate the understanding of autism and understand the causes of autism. Um, We realized uh, when the pandemic started that we could use our digital platform since our study is online. We could use our um, quick access to all of these participants by surveying them and trying to quantify the amount of 
distress and the reactions and the impact of the COVID pandemic on our community. So every few months we put out surveys to survey the impact of COVID on the community. What questions should you ask about vaccination specifically? Okay, so the vaccine questions, we didn't start asking about that until the fall of uh, 2020. So we started the surveys in, in April of 2020. Um, in the fall of November 2020, we wanted to understand um, how people were feeling knowing that the vaccine was going to come out soon. So it was made available in December. So we asked questions about whether people were planning on, on having the vaccine and when it was offered to them, um, whether they would, uh, who in the family or who in the household um, they were planning on, on vaccinating. Um, and ask, we also ask questions, you know, if you, if you aren't going to consider taking the vaccine at this point, you know, what are the reasons why? Um, and then we followed up in March of 2021 after the United States um, had a few months of access, um, adults anyway, um, we asked about whether or not they got vaccinated and also the questions about hesitancy again. Are families with a family member with autism or autism themselves concerned about the vaccine and um, what is fueling those concerns? So in the beginning in November, 2020, we did find that 60% of the participants, so this was 3000 people, 3000 parents of, of uh, people with autism, 60% said they weren't sure or they weren't intending on getting the vaccine, which is pretty high. Um, so, um, six out of 10 people saying they're either not sure or they were not going to get the vaccine. Um, that definitely changed um, over time. So by March of 2021, that percentage of 60% went down to 25%. Um, so the, the amount of people who said they weren't going to get the vaccine stayed relatively stable, but the not sure um, group was really reduced. Um, from 41% to 13%. Um, I think we're looking forward to seeing um, the results of our study of our survey next month. Um, I think as time has gone on and people have gotten more comfortable with the vaccine, um, so has this hesitancy. I do think that there will still be a group of people who are not sure and, and not intending on getting the vaccine. And um, you know, we're definitely looking forward to seeing those numbers. I think the top reason for people being unsure or um, not willing to get the vaccines are concerns about safety. So 62% of the people who said they weren't sure said they were concerned about whether the vaccine was safe. Um, they were also not sure if the vaccine was gonna be efficacious. Um, a lot of the people who are unsure um, said that they thought that other strategies were sufficient um, to prevent COVID um, and a few other people, a small percentage of people said that they thought um, natural immunity is better or they had already had antibodies. So um, there definitely are various reasons, but safety comes to the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that 25 to 30% number is not inconsistent with the community without an autism diagnosis who are um, hesitant about getting the vaccine for probably the same reasons. 
safety being a big one, feeling like other measures are, are working fine is another one. So do you have any sense in this community about how we can alleviate fears about the vaccine? There are people that will not get it, but for the people that are not sure or could possibly think about what, what, would, it, what would it take or what sort of information would be helpful for them? I think the data on safety is really strong. There obviously are some side effects that are, are happening with the vaccine, including some really rare ones um, with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine over others. But I think by and large, the, the vaccine has been distributed to millions of people. And I think the more that we can emphasize the fact that it's safe um, and the fact that it's very efficacious um, and um, that people who are vaccinated are being able to return to normal, faster than those who, who aren't, I think can be very effective. Um, I think the numbers, the millions of people that have been vaccinated and are now um, you know, able to walk around on masks outside and, and gather in other people's homes, I think that definitely is going to be helpful and um, help alleviate fears. And I, I, I also think just time, um, as more time passes and people are seeing people in their own community and their own families get the vaccines and, and be safe, I think um, that will definitely help. And it's good that we're coming into the summer months now where the, the virus is going to be spreading a little lower than it is, does during the winter. And hopefully people um, will, will see this as an opportunity to, to get the vaccine. Um, also, I'm kind of hopeful, you know, at the beginning when we had priority groups, right, it was very, very hard to get an appointment. And so it was literally, if you could get online, if you could get that appointment. And I've been reading articles about really creative ways for people to have the vaccine delivered to them, whether it's through community healthcare workers, whether it's um, bringing the vaccine to senior centers, whether it's, um, you know, allowing job sites to administer the vaccines that aren't hospitals, right? Because at the beginning it was understandably for frontline workers. And I know a number of people that were just, you know, stuck because they couldn't get access to the vaccine. So as yeah. supply is opening up, I hope that that um, there's actually a little bit more demand too. Yeah, I actually read an article about someone in Florida getting the vaccine on the beach. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> that's how I should have done it. <laughs> driving to Edison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did find that there were some factors that correlated with vaccine hesitancy. So um, we found that people living in a rural county uh, were more likely to be hesitant. Um, that also might just be reflective of their um, social distancing already by, by living in a, in a rural mm. county. Um, and we also found a correlation between vaccines, believing that vaccines cause their child's autism. Um, so if someone had endorsed that question and, and said that they thought that vaccines played a role in their child's autism, they were slightly more likely to um, be hesitant about the COVID vaccine. Yeah, that is also very consistent with the literature where um, younger siblings of, of kids with autism are less likely to um, receive their full vaccination set. So um, yeah. 
that's yeah. not necessarily surprising. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time on this. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again on another, another podcast. And um, Spark has also released a lot of really useful information for the autism community through some of their COVID surveys. If you are not a part of Spark and have autism yourself or have autism in your family, I absolutely encourage you to go to sparkforautism.org. That way you can, um, you can be a part of this research and it's really, not, it's really not too much. I'm a part of Spark and it's just really not too much. So thank you so much, Dr. Feliciano. Thanks. So outside of what Spark did, we work with a journalist to determine what questions people in the autistic community have about vaccination and what their concerns were. We'll do this in a question and answer format. So first, is the COVID-19 vaccine safe for adults with autism? How about children? How about people who are pregnant or thinking about becoming pregnant? So the COVID vaccine is safe for adults and children 12 and up. It is also safe for pregnant women and pregnant women should get vaccinated if they get the okay from their doctor. There is new data showing that women who are pregnant and get COVID during their pregnancy are at a much higher rate of complications than those who were not diagnosed with COVID. In other words, we know for sure that COVID-19 is harmful for the fetus, but there is no evidence the vaccine is harmful. Scientists have also studied the effects on fertility measures. The vaccine does not affect fertility. I know this is a concern for many young women. But for more information about what does cause infertility, I highly suggest you go to a site called the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, or ASRM. You can Google it. Now, you may have heard about a rare side effect of the J&J vaccine. The effect was rare, and the fact that it was recognized and administration was immediately halted is evidence that both the vaccine makers and the FDA are being very careful. They're holding the safety of this vaccine to a very high standard. They're watching for side effects and adverse events very closely. Other people asked if there was a particular vaccine that was better for people with autism than another. In fact, there is no data that says one of the vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, or J&J, has any different effects in autistic people versus those not on the spectrum. Autistic adults should get the vaccine that they have access to. The same with autistic kids. Now, are there people with autism that are at a higher risk for COVID-19 complications? And if so, why? Now, this is really, really important. There are now multiple studies that show that those with autism and intellectual disabilities are at a much higher risk of mortality from COVID-19 compared to others with other pre-existing conditions. It's actually one of the highest pre-existing risks for mortality. What was interesting is that in a recent study literally published last week, that people with autism and IDD had a nine-fold risk of death. Those with autism without IDD had a three times risk of death. The prevalence of infection was 2% for those with ASD and IDD and 0.9% for those with ASD only. That might be because those with IDD may be more likely to be in residential settings where COVID spreads like wildfire. But most importantly, the mortality rate is much higher in those with ASD and IDD compared to other conditions. Think of it this way. Individuals with other conditions like heart failure, obesity, and diabetes have a higher risk of infection compared to ASD, but a lower odds of hospitalization, hospital stay, and death compared to those with ASD. 
bumper sticker, 70% of those with autism who, who died belonged to the zero to 18 age group. Kids with autism and COVID are more likely to die. The increased risk of mortality with those with intellectual disability and autism still needs to be studied. There are, in fact, many underlying medical conditions that people with IDD experience that may predispose them to fatal outcomes of COVID-19. It's critical that those with disabilities get vaccinated as soon as they can to prevent death. In children, there's a syndrome called multisystem inflammatory disease that's associated with COVID-19. This is a condition where many parts of the body, including the heart, the lungs, the kidney, the skin, or the GI system, becomes inflamed. Kids who have COVID-19 are a higher risk of this. COVID is deadly and this syndrome is deadly. So what would I say to people on the autism spectrum or caregivers who are concerned that the COVID-19 vaccine is not safe and will make symptoms of autism worse or cause autism in children? Now, everyone over the age of 12 is now eligible to receive the vaccine. In a randomized control study of 2,300 kids from ages 12 to 15, half received the vaccine and half received placebo. The only cases of COVID were in the placebo group with no major side effects. There is also no evidence that any vaccine induces or causes an autism diagnosis. Vaccines are the most well-studied environmental factors in the causes of autism. More money has been spent on the study and the safety of vaccines in relation to autism than any other environmental factor. There has been no scientific link between autism and vaccines after over a decade of research, hundreds of millions of dollars, and millions and millions of research participants. It will be some time before it's available to infants. That's why it's so important for as many adults to, to be vaccinated as possible, even if you don't have children. The more people who are vaccinated, the more we can protect those who cannot get vaccinated. And yes, there are reasons, medical valid reasons that people can't get vaccinated or some people don't even have access to the vaccine. It's also important to understand that autism starts before birth. Decades of science across different disciplines has proven that there is a difference in brain development that begins at a very, very, very early stage in pregnancy. There are some people that are diagnosed as adults. However, in almost all of these cases, the features of autism were present throughout their life and just not recognized as ASD until they were adults. Also, it's very important to understand that maternal infection is a preventable factor that contributes to an autism diagnosis. Infection of the mother can double the probability of having a child with autism. This link has been established in multiple studies across the world in different populations in both bacterial and viral infections. For many reasons, you don't want to get sick when you're pregnant. Long before this pandemic, doctors were telling pregnant women to stay away from other sick people, to get vaccinated, and to wash their hands. This is really no different. So other people asked what were the risks of getting the COVID-19 vaccine relative to the risks of getting the COVID-19 if you are unvaccinated. So the most common side effect after the vaccine, either after the first or second dose, is a sore arm. This is real. This happens. Most people who got the vaccine could continue activities of daily living, but there are a small percentage who said they were too tired to work or do daily activities for about a day or a couple days. COVID infection, on the other hand, can lead to hospitalization anywhere from 5 to 20 days, with longer hospital stays being associated with a higher risk of death.
while hospitalization rates are highest in the elderly, those 18 to 49 have a 0% chance of being hospitalized with the COVID vaccine, but a 24% chance of being hospitalized with COVID-19. Survival rates from a COVID-19 infection are high, but there continues to be building evidence of severe longer-term, possibly permanent effects of COVID after recovery. Up to 80% who had COVID-19 report things like chronic headaches, fatigue, memory or concentration problems, sleep problems, chest pain, difficulty breathing, depression, dizziness, and other neurological features for months and maybe even years after recovering from the acute effects. If you survive COVID, you actually may not fully recover. COVID-19 is real and serious and causes anything from being severely sick for a couple of weeks to being hospitalized for a month and maybe experiencing long-term permanent problems if you don't die. The most common side effect of getting vaccinated is a sore arm. The science is clear. You're better off vaccinated and not vaccinated. One question that has been posed multiple times because the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are based on a technology around mRNA. So I've talked about this before, but mRNA is the signal that's sent from DNA tell the cell to produce a certain protein or antigen like an antigen to the COVID vaccine. There's a question that's been circulating that that asks, I've heard this vaccine will go into my cells and change my DNA. Will that happen? Well, for this answer, I refer to an interview with Dr. Paul Offit, who's a physician and also an advisor for the FDA on vaccines. He says, in one word, no. This vaccine uses mRNA technology to tell your body to make antigens. The technology is not new. It's been studied for years. It is faster to manufacture these vaccines than other types, which made it a perfect candidate to manufacture for a pandemic with a sudden onset and deadly effects. mRNA stands for messenger RNA, which is the signal that the DNA sends to make a protein. DNA lives in the nucleus and mRNA lives in the cytoplasm. The mRNA in the vaccine cannot get into the nucleus and do anything to your DNA. It will not change your DNA, nor will it change the DNA signals for anything other than your body to produce antibodies to COVID-19. Now, I hope these questions answered some of your concerns about COVID vaccine safety. Of course, we're going to have more information as time goes on. And of course, there's going to be new information about the effects of vaccines in kids once it's available to kids 12 and younger. So this is an ongoing discussion that I hope to continue with a personal conversation with Dr. Paul Offit, who is really one of the world's experts on vaccines and vaccine safety. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening this week.